Like folks come back and find out ex niggas done stole it. This is a message to the black man in America from Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of a lot to whom praise is due forever. It ain't a rhyme, it's a lyrical sage's letter. I got a mind and it's ticking like a time bomb, hitting every nigga in the head with Islam. And I'm kicking backs to the blacks in the projects. Yo, I got a sword in my hand for the rednecks. Damn the KKK. Your cross burning peck of woods wearing a hood. Yo, we don't play. Go get your buddies and your white sheets fixed with a badge and a gun. 25 cars deep, son. The only weapon that I carry is the truth about the government's plot to destroy black youth. The devil is the Mac using you to kill a black brother in the dope game, slinging cocaine and crack. But if you're too damn blind, deaf, and dumb to understand where I'm coming from, we're the M E double S A G E to the black man, A N D, his enemy. The color man is the other man who took the brother man from the motherland, got him fighting one another and took our names from us. And our language plus lost the religion, the cult to the god of us, the enemy. Yo, he had to deceive us with a blind head, blue eyed beggar with Jesus to make us permanent slaves. But Lazarus must be raised up to bust and plus to crush the devil who put us all in a fine mess. Gave us a fake god and fed us wine flesh. You made us call you master, your pastor, put us in your church and gave us your pastor saying we shall overcome. But none overcame, ain't a damn thing changed and you still got a slave name. Your brain is trained in the pain of a sick man. Begging a rich man, sinking like quicksand. Cause Babylon the great is falling and calling us all in. But you don't want to get involved in America's evil. Wicked your way your life and separate from the goddamn white man. Damn Uncle Sam, better know as the color man. Read the final call, fall of America. And I was saved up as a wild with the plan from God himself. Call message to the black man. Civilization, be a part of your own black nation and do for self or suffer the consequences.
Good one who is Christ-like, not one that eats the pig and smokes the pipe, right? Adulterous, fornicators and hypocrites saying God's a ghost who has sex with an innocent white woman, but Jesus is black, so why the hell are you waiting for a white man to come back? Look inside the book of Revelations, hard chapter one, giving a description of the true and living black God. Damn, Uncle Sam, better know as the colored man, read the final call, fall of America, and I will say death has arrived with the plan from God himself, call message to the black man. Here we go. We starting the week off. The power call. Here we go. Y'all hope y'all had a good weekend, man. I hope y'all had a great holy day of atonement. Y'all see I got that new lens on that thing. Now that thing got that got that blurred background. But no, man. Um, hope y'all had a beautiful weekend. Hope y'all did some atoning. I definitely was able to do some good atoning yesterday. Um so yeah, man, yesterday and uh, over the weekend, I hope y'all at least got a chance to tune in to uh, at least the Million Man March. If you didn't, make sure you go back and watch that. The minister really breaks down. We watched it on Friday, but in depth, the eight steps of atonement and the, the reconciliation and just the whole purpose behind it and the the beauty behind overcoming all those things that are going to continue to happen in our lives. So it's something that's not that you just do one time with a person, but you do it over time. Um, so we got uh, today, we're going to be talking about healing and about how healing begins in the mind. Many of us got many things we need to heal from. Many, many of us have many things that we are going to have to heal from in the future. So, Today, we are going to be dealing with healing begins in the mind. So let me pull this up for those who are tuning in and you want to come over on the Zoom side and actually become a part of the actual online community, the Power Call community. Go to www.thepowercall.net. That is www.thepowercall.net. Sign up today so yeah that's what you can do um and listen man every monday through friday of course we didn't do it yesterday due to holy level atonement but typically monday through friday 8 a.m central time we live in the morning studying together growing together so we're not gonna waste no more time here we go get this thing together oh man it wasn't even wasn't even pulled up let me pull it up All right, here we go. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, We give him praise and thanks for his mercy and his goodness to the human family. 
the greatest of God's mercies is that whenever any segment of the human family departs from his straight path and loses his divine favor before he punishes them he raises from among that people a prophet or a messenger to guide them back to his path that they may avert a painful chastisement but he does it by giving them that which is called divine revelation divine revelation is that which opens the door for a people who are down to come to greatness because what God reveals is more of himself and more of the secrets of this marvelous thing that we call universe. And when he shares with us the richness of his knowledge, he can raise us from ignominy to greatness. And that is why we thank Allah for Moses and the Torah. We thank him for Jesus and the gospel. And we thank him for Muhammad and the Quran. And all of the prophets that ever appeared in any part of the world. We thank him for them and we believe in them and the scriptures that they brought. I am a student of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I could never thank Allah enough for his intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, the great Mahdi or guide, who came among us and raised a black man from among us to guide us who were lost back to a path that will bring us again into divine favor by giving us also divine revelation. I thank him for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and I greet all of you, my dear brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. As-salamu alaykum. Uh, to Dr. Terry Mason, my brother, my friend and companion in struggle, to the president of this great institution of learning, to the speakers who spoke before me, and to each and every one of you that are present, I'm very, very honored and humbled to have this opportunity to speak to you, particularly the young brothers and sisters whose future is in front of us. And as I, as an elder, see myself going down into the valley of death, I look over my shoulders at those who are reaching the top of the mountain of their strength. And I wonder what kind of generation will we leave to inherit either the mantle of our stupidity. Listen to me good now. To inherit the mantle of our cowardice 
to inherit the mantle of our fear to stand up like men and women to accept the responsibility that life gives to every creature and that is that every creature must do something for itself no creature begs another for its sustenance you will never see a yellow bird in a line looking to a black bird for a worm have I made my point so why should you as a creature of a God who made even worms do for themselves but you looking for somebody else to educate you, to make a job for you, to create business for you, because we have not done these things for ourselves. So in my short time to be with you this morning, I want to talk on health, but health starts with the health of your mind for as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and if somebody can control that which you see taste hear smell and feel they are feeding that which gives you thought and you are not what you are, you're what you think. And what you think is really what you are. So don't tell me I'm a Muslim. Don't tell me I'm a Christian. Don't tell me I have a doctorate or a master's or I'm black. You are what you think. And if you think like a dog, then you'll act like a dog. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God brought us from our mother's wombs and put us in a book. There is no book that you read here in this institution or at Harvard or Yale or Oxford or Howard that is equal to the book that God brought you into when your mother gave birth to you she birthed you into the universe of God's wisdom the Holy Quran says in everything that Allah created in it is a lesson for man if man would be mindful the Bible says it a little differently, but it's the same principle. He says, oh, thou sluggard, go to the earth, study the ways of the ant, and become wise. You ain't looking at ants. You're not looking at birds. You're not looking at trees. You're not looking at this universe to get superior thought. You're buried in books 
from scholars that are not absolute in nothing that you study that give you an inferior knowledge while a superior knowledge is above your head and beneath your feet and all around you. But as long as I can keep you reading a book written by a half-learned scholar. And I can keep feeding your mind stupidity of a degenerate culture keeping your head in your crotch or in somebody else's, then you will always be a substandard, inferior being, not even human yet. There's only one race, it's the human race. Shut up. Shut up. You talk as the foolish. You're not yet human. To be human is to master what comes from the earth. Humus. Huh? Your body is from the earth, but you're not mastering it. It is mastering you. And the very spirit is dead and buried under the flesh and fleshly desires and fleshly pursuits. How dare you bring people to college and tell them that the only way you get a good job is through an education. So you make a job the aim of education. When cultivation of what God has put within so that you can be what the scripture says you are. Not a glory, but the glory of God. You can never be that until that which God has put within has been cultivated through a process that is called education. That you may glorify your creator because every one of you is a giant. You didn't hear me. I have never met a human being that I have not met in that human being my superior. I'm going to say it again. I have never met a human being. I don't care what their color is, where they come from. If they're in the deep jungles of the Amazon, in South America or in Africa, I have never met a human that I didn't find my superior in that human, whether that human being knows that he's superior to me in some respect. I know it. And the sad thing about this world and its pseudo-education is that it is not cultivating what is in the, the so-called human being that we can truly become human and reflections of the divine. When I meet you, you will always see me bowing. Could be a child. But I'm looking at that child and I see God. I don't have to die and go someplace to see God. 
the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I know you're not supposed to add to the word of God, but I took that liberty. Maybe I do. <laughs> Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God everywhere they look. When I see a female, I don't see biology. I see God in a feminine form. And I bow. When I see man, I see God in a masculine form. And I bow. How could the genesis of the Bible say that God created man and woman in his own image and after his own likeness if there's no divine spark within you? My Muslim family, you need education too. Because you don't think that man is divine. But that which is of divine is that which is created by the divine. We are in a divine creation. And we are a part of that divine creation. And the spark of divinity is in us all. Follow me now. The Holy Quran comes at it a little differently. It says that the human being is created to be Khalifa. That means one who stands in the place of another as a successor. So in this instance, the human is the successor of God. Well, how could you succeed God? How could you be in the image and likeness of God if you don't have the capacity to reflect him? Think with me. Think. There's this argument raging in the world about women and the respect for women and the place of women. And all religions, to me, have faltered where women are concerned. And as long as women are not respected, as long as women are not protected, as long as women are not elevated in our thinking, we as men and our future can never be elevated. For where there is no decent woman, there are no decent men. For the woman is the mother of civilization. So how can a woman mother civilization if you deprive her of knowledge? In the Jewish story of Yentl, that Barbara Streisand played a major part she wanted to study the Torah and rabbinical knowledge. But being a woman, she was denied. So she dressed like a man, which is against the Torah law. You dress like a man, the law says kill them. Read the book. 
But she dressed as a man because she wanted the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Scripture. In some Muslim countries, the woman can't attend the mosque. Oh, this is for men. Y'all stay home. What kind of home is that? If the woman can't feed on the knowledge of God, what will she feed your children, fool? If you don't have an educated woman, you don't have an educated people. Because the woman is the teacher. You've got countries on this planet that deny women education. Muslim countries. You've got countries on this planet that when they see a, a vagina, they say, oh God, I got a female. Kill it. Because naturally a man is always looking for his own image. I guess that's why they call you miss. Because they missed the man that they were looking for and you came so hello miss this whole world of knowledge is finished say it again this whole world of knowledge is finished. The scripture says, I thank thee, Father in heaven, for keeping these things from the wise and the prudent man and revealing them unto babes, because there's been hidden wisdom, hidden from the rulers of this world. So this world has gone as far as it can go. And so education now, which is the torchlight of civilization, is saying that this civilization is on its way out. How can America lead the world when she is so far down among developed nations in education? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, my teacher, told me that he who is proficient in mathematics and science and engineering are the builders of civilization. All other disciplines are embellishments of science and mathematics. Well, I'm a historian. That's excellent. But when you're a historian, you document the affairs of humans as they interact and seek the bounty of their Lord from his creation. And this is called history. Man's interaction with his environment, man's interaction with man, man's interaction with oceans, mountains, rivers, man's interaction with impediments that he overcomes, he makes history. But it is science that causes him to overcome. It is mathematics that causes him to think intelligently. 
What do you mean, fair clown? You know, it's December the 24th. And a big fat Caucasian is coming down our chimney. And he's going to give our children nice little toys. And if you've been bad, he's going to put some coal in your stockings. So you better be good. You better not pout. You better not shout. Because the big fat man is coming to town. Then you, you believe your mother. That's just a little white lie, but what the hell? It ain't killing nobody. But it is. Because when a mother will lie to her child, calling it fun, it has an effect on the child when the child learns the truth. And the truth is mathematics. How can this big fat man come down? We ain't even got a chip. And how the hell can reindeer ride on nothing? See, mathematics, ma, well, child, <laughs> see, this is what's happening in religion. Mathematics is crippling crazy theology. Yes, child, you better be good now, because when you die, you're going to heaven. And where is that, mama? It's, it's, it's. Yes, there, there it is. But mama, the earth is round and turning. So what's up today is down tonight. Now we got telescopes, mama. They've spied stars that are millions of light years away. Meaning light traveling at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. It would take millions of years for that light to touch the earth. But we can see that star, but haven't spied heaven yet. Think. Think. Well, if you're bad, you're going to hell. And where's that, Mama? in the ground baby and you'll be down there burning forever because there's a fire down there 11 times hotter than the sun well my god the sun is 14,172 degrees hot 93 million miles from the earth and I can feel it on a hot summer day, we can fry an egg on the sidewalk, and you mean hell is in the earth, and the earth is only 7,926 miles in diameter, and if it's the center, it's the radius of the earth, and I can't feel that heat on my feet. Somebody lying to me. So either you got to adjust your lie when your child figures out that Christmas ain't where it's at. But 
How will you adjust when they question heaven that you have built for others on the earth while we live in a veritable hell? Could you burn any worse than you're burning now? Could you suffer any worse than you're suffering now? When you go to refrigerate and open it, ain't nothing there. When you can't pay your rent, you can't pay your light bill, and the man cuts your light off, cuts your gas off. It's the middle of winter. You're freezing. Your children are freezing. Icicles coming out your nose. What hell is worse than the hell of poverty and want and disease? What hell is worse than growing up in a house where there's no love? What hell is worse when God made a woman for a man and a man for a woman, but all our homes, 75% of them, led by a woman, a man made a baby, but a man is not there. What is a greater hell than to discover at 19 years of age a lump in your breast and you fighting cancer? You don't know why you're sick. You don't know why you're dying. You see your young men and women in gangs with guns and drugs making the inner cities uninhabitable places where we're running out of the city to try and find refuge somewhere in the suburbs and the whites are coming back in the cities now as you run out they come in and if you're not running out fast enough they'll help you out what they call gentrification but that wasn't supposed to be my talk this morning But I had to lay that base to say what I'm about to say. You're dying right now from a number of diseases and you don't understand what's happening to you as a person. Africa is under a pandemic of AIDS. AIDS is crippling the black community and black women are the number one carriers, they say, of the virus. In the Holy Quran, which is the book of scripture of the Muslims, in the 113th chapter it reads, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, say, say, telling Muhammad what to say. That's interesting. Because in the Bible it says, when that one comes, it says, that which he hears is what he shall speak. And that which he's commanded to do, that shall he do. And the Quran says to Muhammad, say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn. Because evidently we're going through a dark period. And we seek refuge in that one who can bring light out of darkness. Mm, mm, mm. 
I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn from the mischief of created things. Satan is so wise today, he can take something that God created and make mischief with it. Listen to me. You have a need for water, because water is the source of life. A black female doctor wrote, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Used to be a time you could go to your faucet and drink water. Now you have to buy a bottle where they've purified it in some way and sell you water. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. And uh, since my body is three quarters water, I need water in order to sustain my life. So he who can control the water and what is in the water controls my life. Isn't that interesting? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the enemy would come at us in the water. Excuse me for my passion. See, this is why they don't want you to listen to me. This is why they tell you I'm a hate teacher. This is why they tell you I'm anti-white, anti-American, anti-this, anti-Semitic, anti-this, anti-that. What I'm anti is falsehood. What I'm anti is oppression, tyranny, and injustice. And if you were wise, you'd be anti that too. But you can't be against falsehood until you know the truth. And that's why Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Back to the water. You drink the water. Something is in the water that's affecting human life now. I was coming out of Mexico one day and I happened to pick up an English language Mexican newspaper and they were talking about alligators and the estrogen, the female hormone that was in the water of the Everglades and the, the male alligator's penis was getting smaller and smaller and the birth count or the sperm count getting less and less. Isn't that something? How's your sperm count? I ain't asking about the size of things. I don't, I don't want to get personal. But that's shrinking too. <laughs> hey, hey, but wait a minute. You say, well, that's the men. They got you. See, every woman who has a cycle should cleanse herself after the cycle. What do you cleanse yourself with? See, there's something called white vinegar and water. That's the best thing to cleanse yourself with. But today, they make little douches for you that are that fill with nice-smelling stuff. But when you use it, it begins to weaken the walls of your uterus. That's why even when you try to have a baby, you can't. 
and then the birth control pill and the birth control methodology. Yes, you want to have sex, but you don't want no children. So let's play, baby. Let's have fun. But, uh, you know, you must be safe with your sex. So get you a condom as though that's safe. What is the condom laced with? Since you don't make them. What the hell do you know about it? I'm going to get deep in a minute. Deeper in a minute. Let's practice safe sex. Let's turn on the radio first. Let's hear some music. What? Shake your booty. Shake your booty. Shake your booty. Shake your booty. You just a little baby, but you shake it. Why is your backside called booty? God damn. You, you, oh. Why is your favorite phrase, this is my dog yo dog what's up dog dog spelled backward is God and God turned backward is a dog yo dog I love the booty booty delicious that's what it is Turn on your radio. What do you hear? Sex. You know, all of it is about different ways of having sex. Either you're killing somebody, you're smoking somebody, and F this and MF that. And see, this is what you're being fed. It's not only what you're fed in here that kills you. It's what you fed here. Safe sex. Let's practice that. See? Sex is as natural as drinking water or breathing air. So somebody's going to make mischief with a created thing. See, God created sex. It's not a bad thing. But it can be made real ugly. See? What did God create sex for? They got a song, birds do it, bees do it. Right? Everybody do it. Everybody do it. <laughs> the, Holy Quran, the Holy Quran says that Allah created everything in pairs. Because it's only through the pair that life is reproduced from the grass all the way to the human being. And Allah says, he created creation and he reproduces it. You can't live forever. Nothing does. So the only way you live is through the business of reproduction. Creativity. You see? Creativity. Make sense? So sex God made for reproduction. Along the way, there's pleasure. Well, there should be pleasure. 
that will bring us to pain. The woman receives with pleasure. Thank you, dear. Nine months later, pain. Lord, what I bother with that man for. I hate him, I hate him. Some of you cuss the man out while you're going through labor because that thing is rough. Pleasure, pain, joy with birth, pain with the responsibility of rearing a new life. See, God's way is so beautiful but now, since your sexual appetite is being titillated by what you see, what you hear, the music, the dance, everything is funk, everything is shaking. There was a time when we danced, it had style to it. Today it's shaking. Then what the hell is this? So, I mean, a man looking at a fine-looking woman turning her back to him and just shake it. How in the hell he gonna stay sane? <laughs> so we just crazy today. You a fool for driving us like that. Because what they see is what they get. And you getting a man that love you for your breasts and your butt, after a while that sags. Gravity will get the breasts and gravity will drag the butt down. And after a while you see him looking for something else because you attracted him on a foolish purpose, a, a foolish thing that is fleeting. But when he's attracted to the brilliance and the beauty of the female here and the female here, then there's some permanence in that kind of relationship. Making sense. Now, our people are dying from sex now because that's how the AIDS pandemic is spreading. And since we are so sexually prone now, and the people are styling your clothes, sister, so you can attract men. Look, there used to be a time if you stepped in jeans, they came up here. Damn. Now the jeans is down here, your drawers. Y'all got to pardon me. <laughs> I don't mean no harm. But this is the way your pastor should be teaching you. This is the way your professor should be guiding you. I'm only one man. I'm trying to make many. <laughs>
But if Basil Rathbone, Sherlock Holmes, were here, he would say, that is elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> what I'm teaching you is just elementary. Imagine when it gets real deep. There's so much wisdom that you and I need to function in a world like this. And all wisdom is taken off the radio. Serious talk shows, let's get rid of them. Serious talk show hosts, get rid of them. Corporate America buying up radio stations. Corporate America buying up newspapers. Corporate America feeding you. And they know exactly what you're going to do because he who gives you the diameter of your knowledge prescribes the circumference of your activity. Now I'm about to say something that may sound a little extreme or revolutionary. And it is extreme and revolutionary, but right. Now for those of you who are Christians who read the Bible, I'm going to talk to you from the Bible. Those of you who are Muslims, I will talk to you from the Quran and Bible. And those of you who don't care nothing for neither book, I just talk to you from life and the nature and its laws. But I'm going to get you wherever you are. Wherever you are, I'm coming for you. Thank you very much. Now, in the book of Revelation, talking about the return of the Christ. Listen to his words. Behold, I make all things new. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth and the former things shall pass away. Where does Kennedy King fit in what Christ, under the guidance of God, makes new? Where does Harvard fit? Where does Yale fit? Where does education fit that has never cultivated you? Gave you a degree in quotology. Because all you could do is quote from the book and then we give you an A for quoting, but not an A for thinking critical thinking. See, your professor, and professors, pardon me, I don't mean any harm, but you see, I know I'm not the absolute, but I am a teacher. Now, when a student becomes my student, he's not my slave. And a slave is one that defines limits for another. There are no limits in the pursuit of knowledge. So the prophet Muhammad said, peace be upon him, he who goes out in search of knowledge is in the path of God until he returns. What are you returning for if you went out for knowledge? You can't come back. Because the moment you say you got it, you lost it. Because when you say you got it, you reach a plateau of learning. 
when you go out in search of knowledge, you die grasping. The Quran says, if all of the seas, with seven more seas added to it, were as ink, and all the trees were as pens, you could never exhaust the words of Allah. And then it says, every word is a creature. Every word represents, creates some part of his creation. And if you can never exhaust the words of God, you will die reaching for knowledge. Isn't that wonderful? Education can be a slave-making process. I was at PUSH yesterday, and they had a great uh, theme, education or incarceration. And uh, I was not the keynote speaker, and of course, I was supposed to be there Tuesday, but I was in the Maldives in the Indian Ocean, and so I couldn't get there, but when I got back, naturally it wasn't my, my place or my time, so he did bless me with five or six minutes. And I told him, Reverend Jackson, I don't need any more than that. But the theme was education or incarceration. So if I asked you, which one would you choose, education or incarceration, what would you say? Exactly. Elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> now, however, however, is education another form of incarceration? Now, I want you to listen to your brother, whether you're white or black or Hispanic. What I have in my heart is good for all of you. Although I'm primarily interested in the suffering of my own people, yet all of humanity is lost, including white people. Now, look at this. The father of Western educational philosophy, Hegel, Kant, and Dewey, all felt that blacks were inferior. Well, if that is what they believe and they are the foundation of Western education because they are the philosophers that develop the philosophy out of which the education comes, then in order to preserve white supremacy, they must destroy a challenge to that. So the ancient history of the uh, black man's contribution to civilization is buried. If the nose looks like our nose and some of those things, they break the nose off. If you go to the library, I mean the, um, the museum in, in Cairo, Egypt, you will see the nose is gone. And the nose is gone on the Sphinx. Because it was your black nose. And white folk didn't want black folk to know that they were the origin of education and civilization. White folk already know this. 
they know you don't know. And ain't nobody going to tell you because they have to keep you asleep. I'm not talking about the white people that are professors and, and the white people that you meet. You know, they're, they're like sort of harmless. You know, they, they have their function. They do what they do. And they try sometimes to be nice to you, give you a ham sandwich and fix you up, give you a loan, give you a little loan at the bank and tell you how they really with you. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the boys at the top. And that's why the Bible said we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness that's up in high places. See, they already know that if they keep you asleep, white supremacy can continue to rule and they will remain subhuman. You're going to, you you got to listen to what I said. They will remain subhuman. The Bible calls the rulers of this world under the name beasts. Four great beasts. From Revelation and the book of Daniel. Go back and look at it. To call a human a beast means that they have not evolved yet. To become a human being, they stopped at the level of a beast, starting in the Genesis as a snake. Growing into a dragon and a beast in Revelation. And they become the teachers. So the Bible said the mark of the beast was in our forehead and in our hands. Walk the streets and see if you don't see bestiality. How could you drive by and shoot? The gun may be defective, and they bring stuff in your community that ain't right, so you can't shoot straight. But you think you got protection, you shooting at this man, end up killing a baby over here. That's bestiality, brother. What mark is in your head where an old man can go to the grocery store and you see him coming out? with his groceries hobbling. You don't offer to help him to his car. You beat him down and you take his money. And he asks you, why are you doing this to me? Lou Palmer, a black man who stood in this city, was on the radio preaching to us to make us a better, more conscious people. And in his old age, he walks the street and a young man came up and tried to rob him and knocked him down. And he said, but I'm Lou Palmer. Nigga, I don't give a damn who you are. What kind of mark is in your forehead? 
What kind of mark is in your hands? You're worse than a dog. Because a dog will protect its young. Go around a female dog when she has her pups. She don't know you see her growl and don't come too close. Because in the nature of life, she will protect the young. But look at you. Look at you. You bring a strange man in the house while your young daughters are growing up, coming into puberty. That wicked-minded man is romancing you and as he's dancing with you, he's looking at your daughters. You got to go to work while that man sits around looking at the TV. Mm. And your fine-looking daughter whose breasts are bigger than yours and she's 11 and 12 years old because she's loving it. Eating at McDonald's and eating at Wendy's and eating at Pepe's and eating in all these fast food joints. It tastes good. But what's happening to your child? Some of you older people in here, you had your cycle at 12, 13, and 14. Now these children are having their cycle at nine years old with a Barbie doll in one hand and a maxi pad in another. No, know how to protect themselves and you are not there to protect them. Most of our women have been abused by our uncle, our father, grandfather, cousin, brother. There's no sanctity here for young girls. And sometimes the mother is so damn weak that even when the daughter would tell her what the man did, she'll make excuses for the man. lost your sense of protection and the man don't give a damn about protecting you no more he don't have it in him no more he's become a beast in human form or what the honorable Elijah Muhammad called a savage that has lost the knowledge of himself and is living the life of a beast that's bestial for President Bush and Donald Rumsfeld and Colin Powell and the boys to see a toothless tiger in Iraq but see the second largest oil reserve on the planet and then go and drop bombs and call it awe and shock on innocent people under the pretext that he had weapons of mass destruction. And now our children are over there, black, white, and brown, dying for nothing. They have every right to kick an, uh, an occupier out of their land. As Malcolm would say, 
by any means necessary. You got a beast at the top. You got beasts on the police force. You got beasts in politics. You got beasts in education. See you rising too fast, drop a lug on you, blow your mind. Yes, Today's, yesterday's New York Times, black men coming out of prison. That's right. White men coming out of prison have a better chance of getting a job than a black man coming out of prison. And they got a better chance of a black man who never been to prison. I didn't write it. There's a beast out here somewhere. And they've made you like themselves. You need somebody to raise you from that condition. I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn from the mischief of created things. The last thing I'm going to talk about is food. You have to eat. That's natural to sustain your life. Some of us are learning how to eat better. Oh no, I won't touch that. Thank you very much. I'm healthy now because I have changed my diet. Are you really? Are you really? You made a right step, you changed your diet. But who's in control of food production? Not you. Not me, not us. So let's kill them through the food. We grow the food. We have to get it to the market. By the time it gets to the market, it'll be rotten. So let's put it in some solution. It looks good at the supermarket. We pluck the fruit just before it's ripe. And we got to get it from California and Florida to Chicago and Detroit. So let's put a little dye in it. Make it look orange. Make it look yellow. Make the banana look yellow. Let's fix the meat and make it look red and bright. And then you eat it. And all of a sudden, in the 40s and the 50s, cancer was a white man's disease. Now we own it. Lung cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. We're dying and don't even know why. It's coming through what you eat and who's producing it for you. There's a little video called Supersize Me. I don't know whether you saw it, but a man ate McDonald's for 30 days and damn near died. Oh, just 30 days. I'm loving it. Turn on your TV to look for your favorite program and you're being programmed to eat and eat and eat. So we are so depressed women, depressed women, 
women that don't find a decent man, women that feel that their life is spent, so let's eat, 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 eat. The one side of you is on the Atlantic Ocean, and the other side of you is in the Pacific. And you waddling down the Lack of exercise, lack of value for yourself. You've been devalued as a human being, so why bother to have a checkup once a year? Why, why bother with that? Ain't nothing wrong with me. I just had sex last night. Damn, ain't nothing wrong with me. I was at it for several hours last Ain't nothing wrong with me. You get a checkup. I'm sorry, I have to make it funny. <laughs> but, but learning should be fun. Learning should be pleasurable. Now, I want to say something to the doctors. My good friend is a doctor and a great one. But the medical profession is death itself. I'm going to talk about the profession for a minute, Doc. Yes, sir. Something wrong with me. Yes, what is it? Oh, really? Let me write this prescription. You go get your pills. Then they send you home with a document. You may not read it. These are the side effects. Nausea, dizziness, loss of hair. But don't worry about that. Take the medicine. It will ease what you're suffering. Do you know that the drug companies have made a pill for everything? You can't sleep? Here's a pill. You want to stay awake? Here's another one. You can't get it up? Try this. You having a problem? You got a cold. You got a seed. You need this. You can't take a pill. A pill. But there's something in nature that can heal everything. Right. And guess what? On television last night, on CNN, it was a black family brought their mother to the hospital for a little simple thing in her leg. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they injected her wrongly with a chemical that is meant for external use to destroy all bacteria on the outside, they injected it with this woman on the inside. Oh my God. Now the leg is in excruciating pain. It's dying, so they come to the family and say, well look, we, we gotta cut off her leg because if we don't, she's gonna die. The family faced with that decision say, okay, cut off the leg. We want to save our mama. So they cut off the leg. A few days later, we got to cut off the other one. Then after a while, they fessed up. We made a mistake. 
And the poor woman died after 19 days of suffering, only going into the hospital for a little thing, end up dead because of medical mistakes. Now, I want to show you something here. According to that program, between 40 and 96,000 people die every year from a medical mistake. More than people die in accidents. So when you send yourself to the hospital, you better be careful. That's why when I go, my daughter who's a nurse, she comes and the gods come. was in a hospital one night and somebody came in in the middle of the night gonna take blood my daughter woke up because she was sleeping right beside me yes what is it that you want I'm a person man that they want that but you, you would be wise to keep me alive because if you keep me alive, you might have a chance to live. But if you kill me, I feel sorry for what's going to happen. You see, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get up off it. See, there are very few men of God anywhere in America, but I am one. And I have a God with me who will get you for bothering with me. You can take it or let it alone. Try me and see. Because of incidents like that, the malpractice insurance have reached the, the limit. A doctor, a doctor, I went to the University of Chicago Hospital. My, uh, you know, when my back went out, they had to take x-rays and MRI. But just a disc that had become inflamed. And so I went there, and the doctor, who's a very great neurologist from Iran, he told me, he says, uh, the malpractice insurance for us in this field is $250,000. A year. A year. A year! He said, so we had 200 and some odd doctors in this field. Now it's cut in half because the doctors are fleeing Chicago and Illinois to practice in Milwaukee or Wisconsin because the malpractice insurance is $30,000 a year. So you're being deprived of doctors in a big city like Chicago. Now watch how they work. Go to the hospital. How did the doctor make his money to pay that? I have a look. Let's operate. I have a look. Murmur in the heart. Well, I'll fix that. Sometimes operations are not necessary. But the more we operate, the more money we get. 
then I can pay my malpractice. Yeah. See, most of you, when you come out of these colleges, you get grants because you ain't got no money to come. So by the time you come out, you're in debt. Debt is another form of slavery. So I become a lawyer. As a doctor leaves college, he's over $100,000 in debt. Well, then you're, you're a slave to a system now. Think about what I'm saying. This is not an act of something held together. This is by design. You're a lawyer? Yes, I just graduated from Howard Law School. And I just took my examination at the bar. I left the bar on the corner, but <laughs> I couldn't pass that one up. But <laughs> Praise God, I just passed my bar exam. I'm now a lawyer able to practice law. But I owe several thousands of dollars. Now a poor man comes to me. Sir, I need a lawyer. Yes, come right in. Right. Yes, well, that will be $5,000 down, and of course, so many hours. See, they have to charge you in order to pay their debt and keep their office open, but in the meantime, the poor are getting poorer and less service. We have to break this paradigm. Now follow this. Y'all all right? I'm about to go now. You got enough to think on. God willing till I get back. If they will have me back, but if they won't, you got enough. Now watch this. You've learned how to eat, but you don't own any land. So you are being fed. And when your mouth is in somebody else's kitchen, you can't be free. What's the solution? Uh, I think I have a few bills in my pocket. With a dead president on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good fellow. Now, America is for sale. Some Asians are buying it up. People in Europe buying it up. See, you don't even get so revolutionary now. We're going to take stuff. <laughs> I ain't gonna let you kill yourself and your foolishness. You ain't taking nothing. We bought a farm in Georgia, 1,700 acres. All right. I didn't have the money for us to buy it outright, so we gave them $500,000 down, and we was on a payment schedule. Last year, I sent a check down. $868,000 so that we would own the farm outright. We put paper on the table. 
And the owner said, gritted his teeth. I don't want the damn money. I want the land. He was trying to see if we could uh, default so he could foreclose. But here was the answer to foreclosure. Here, baby, here's some paper. Wipe your behind with it. Here it is. But now we got the land. Now here's what I'm telling you. America's for sale. You got some of these, but you don't know what the hell to do with it. You blinging and blinging and blinging. But if we put these together, we can buy the land. This for sale, the farmer's going out of business. Let's go in. We need several million acres. My teacher, Elijah Muhammad. Now, now, now you can tell that I had a superior teacher because I'm his student. You see, I never got a degree from college. I only went to the third year and my wife got pregnant and so I had to leave and go to work. So I never got a degree. But I have people listening to me who have degrees. <laughs> See, how come this man, the book says, having not letters is learned? I don't need your degree to be a scholar. I can entertain scholars. Whatever you want to talk about, I'll talk with you. Because I've been taught and am still being taught by a superior teacher. How can you tell that I have a superior teacher? Because the student is the witness of his teacher. Now, look at this. In closing, my teacher, when, before he left, he said, Brother Farrakhan, this is the way I want you to think he said, I want you to think for the whole and speak for the whole. Meaning, don't speak just for Muslims. Speak for your people. And don't think for Muslims. Think for all of your people. Think for the whole. Plan for the whole. He said, here's how I want you to think. If there are 30 million black people who eat three meals a day and eat one slice of bread per meal. That's 90 million slices of bread per day. 630 million slices of bread per week. 32 billion, 760 million slices of bread per year. How much land must we have under wheat cultivation to give our people their daily bread? Now watch this. Lord, give us this day. Our what? So you gonna sit down and wait for a loaf to drop? See, you believe in a mystery God. See, oh, come on with the, come on with the loaf now. But if you pool your resources, 
You could buy the land, grow the wheat, grind the wheat into flour, and make your bread. And the bread that you make will be better than the wonder bread. And they'll wonder how you got over and started making your own bread. See, and then he said, do that. Do that for the meat that they eat. Do that for the vegetation that they need. Do that, and then you'll see how many millions of acres you need in order to feed, clothe, shelter your people. Now, when you start thinking like this, see, then you can't give me a white girl. Now, listen to me. You can't give me a white girl, and I'm happy. I've reached the promised land. And if you're white, and there are a few Caucasian people here, I admonish you, protect your race. You're white. God evidently wanted you to be white. You start messing with us, you won't be white no more. Is that the truth or what? So you want to kill white people? If you want to kill white people, just go have sex with them. And soon white people would die and little mulatto children with nappy hair will start coming about. White folks start leaving the planet through what they call miscegenation. See, white people are not stupid. They have a right to want to preserve and protect their identity and their reality as a people. I don't blame no white person who says, I don't want to see my daughter with your son. I, I, I ain't got no problem with that because I damn sure don't want to see your son with my daughter. Now you say, Farrakhan, that's racism. Shut up. as protecting your reality. Mm. Man, man, man. What a message we got today. Man, what a message we got today. So we're going to finish up part two of that tomorrow. We're going to finish up part two of that tomorrow. But if you are on the Zoom and you would like to share something that stood out to you today, Go ahead and press the number one in the chat. I want to share a few things that stood out uh, to me as I heard it. And I've said this before, but I guess he said it here as well. The minister says, when I meet you, even a child, you will always see me bowing. I see God even in the child. Then he went on to say, when I see a female, I don't see biology. I see God in feminine form. When I see a man, I see God in masculine form. So when we change our perspective on what we are looking at, it will change how we interact. It'll change how we respond. It'll change how we treat. And we have to constantly remind ourselves 
You know, we may know we are gods. We know the scriptures say, yeah, all gods, children of the most high God. But then we got to remind ourselves we'll slip up and you've been dealing with people and they done pissed you off and they got you mad. And you you start looking at them as a nigga again. Oh, that's just a regular. No, nah, but when we remind ourselves, the minister said God is buried under all of the filth. So we not only have to remember who they are, but to remember who we are. He says we are what we think and what we think is really who we are or what we are. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. So everything starts in the mindset. There is books we've read. Napoleon Hill and, and, and Bob Proctor, they all talk about this, the subconscious mind, how in the subconscious mind, that is where you get your self-image. See, in the subconscious mind, I can come tell you how beautiful you are. I can come tell you how great you are. I can come tell you how much of a king you are, how much of a queen you are, how much of a little god you are. But if in our subconscious mind, we see ourselves as something different, that's what's going to lead to how we feel. And how we feel is going to lead to how we act. And how we act is going to lead to our results. And then our results is a reflection of how we how we think. So in the book, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, it says, if you want to change the fruit, then you got to change the root. See, so if they can get us, and and the last thing I want to say before I pass this on, as the minister was talking about how they got pills for this, they got a program for this. See, they have a, 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 a institution and a system to control us. They want us to think a certain way. They got a program for us. They got music. They feeding our people to say this type of music for us to get us to think a certain way. They want us to feel a certain type of way. I got a pill for you. They got something for us. Because we've gotten away from the natural way of things. We've gotten away from uh, 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 thinking a certain way. So if they can control our mind and they're doing it with the, with the pills, they're doing it with with, with, the, with the TV, the movies, the TV shows, as you heard the minister say, they didn't got serious radio off. Now, let me say this. Look at on Instagram how they are able to share what's going on overseas. You seeing the, 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 uh, the children and the, the tragedy. I'm talking about I'm, you seeing them carrying people dead. I'm, I'm looking at how Instagram leaving this up. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at certain pages. I'm like this this graphic content. How y'all leaving this up? But you you but the minister can't be on Instagram at all. How you leaving? How you leaving this up? But you take them off Facebook. So you talking about words? You 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 can't have a word on your platform. But you we can literally see people dead. Some, 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 some is up with that. So just a thought. Let's go over to, uh, hold on. Let me, let me get my, my what's her name together. Let's go over to Sister Yolanda. And somebody said before we go to Sister Yolanda, isn't religion control? Well, uh, it depends on your religion who is controlled by, right? So if God's real religion, if you will, is submission to do the will of God. 
Not these names that we necessarily and in, in rituals that we gang bang over. So if your religion is man made and made up and ain't got nothing to do with how we naturally would be, then maybe it is controlled by someone. But when you are just submitting your will to do the will of God, see that 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 those laws that's written in our nature before we read any book. If you just submit to that that voice of truth, that God consciousness that's already within you, whether you read a book or not, that's just submission. What he really wants us to do is submit. That is controlled by the God, but not controlled in a way to limit us, but controlled in a way to uh, um, controlled in a way to protect us. See, you're talking about books. Forget the books. Whether if I say who wrote the book or what are the book, you're going to deny it anyway. So let's go down to the nature. Let's go down to where before you even go rob somebody. What is that voice of truth that's telling you? Don't do that. Hey, you know you're not supposed to be doing that. See, that's what I'm talking about. We can argue about the books all day long. I can say this book, you're going to have a rebuttal. I can say this book, you're going to have another rebuttal. So forget that. Let's talk about that voice of truth within. Let's talk about the whole earth being a book. Yeah, there's a book. The book of knowledge is all around you. But let's go back to the laws. So the laws or whatever we're striving to not do or what we're not supposed to do uh, Brother Malik broke it down like this. It's kind of like going to Six Flags. Now, if I go to Six Flags, there is a law that I got to put that thing down. You know, that little, the little safety thing. Ah, uh, You got to put it down. That's a law. Now, I ain't seen now one of us times I done been to Six Flags when the guy's coming through to check that thing. I ain't never seen nobody say, uh-uh, no, don't do that. No, don't check mine. I want mine. Let me be free. I'm free spirit. I'm I'm free will. Uh-uh. Let me. It's my choice if I uh-uh. No, you say, yes, sir. Hold on. You left, you lift, you lift your hands up. Come on, make sure. Make sure it click. Hold on. Let me. I want to hear it click. Why? Because you know, on this roller coaster, we finna go up. Oh, we finna go down. Oh, we finna flip upside down. It's finna be a rocky road. And you know that that thing, that 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 bar is there to secure you on this bumpy road. That's all the laws of God is. We got a bumpy road ahead of us. We are in Satan's world. God, Satan is the God of this world. So his laws and his ways and his guidance and his will is not to suppress us. Although we may want to indulge in some things that we think is going to give us pleasure or we think is going to make us happy. But this thing here is to protect us from future because you may get pleasure in a moment, but future pain. So it's to protect us and keep us safe and keep us keep us in place. That's so. Yeah. Control is good. Oppression is not. So we seek thy refuge, not not from the control, but from the oppression of men. Oppression is bad, but righteous control is a good thing. You want to be able to control your children. We need to be controlled, especially when we in emotional states. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go over to um, let, let's go to sister. Sister Yolanda, go ahead and make sure I can hear you first. Say something. Hi, salam alaikum. There we go. Walaikum salam. Happy Holy Day of Atonement and Happy Savior's Day. Somebody says um, Satan this- is not the. Somebody says Satan is not the God of this world. Can I address that real quick? 
Yes, sir. Now, Satan, Satan being the God of this world is scripture. Now, if you disagree with scripture, then you just disagree with scripture. But let me let me show you. Satan is the God of this world. Let me go to it now. This is Second Corinthians. Okay, this ain't the book of Brother Ben. This the book. Now, you want to argue with the with the scripture? You can, I I ain't got nothing to do with that debate. But let's look at this. This is Second Corinthians. When we say this now, look at this. Second Corinthians four and four. This ain't the book of Ben, chapter five, chapter six, verse seven. Uh uh. Look, Satan, who is the god of this world, huh? There it is. So Jesus didn't wasn't sacrificed for this world. It was the world that was to come into fruition. The kingdom of God on earth is what we're striving to build. That's what he so-called sacrificed for. It's a, you know, not necessarily physical sacrifice, but that's what he was crucified for. The world that's coming in, not this world, because Satan is the God of this world. Oh, and we ain't got time to prove it. Uh, we can we can look and see how this world has been and, and, and what's going on in it and who runs it to see who really the God of this world is. But let's go uh, back to Sister Yolanda. Go ahead. I thank you for that because it's so true. And if this world was perfect or if everything was perfect, there would be no need for us to do any type of work. Or possibly not even for a God or a creator or the however individuals name it to even be here to give us any natural law. But nevertheless, the um, points that stood out to me is when the minister spoke on to be human is to master what comes from the earth. Job made the center of education. It's like it puts me in the mind frame of putting that dangling carrot in front of you and you forever chasing it. Just you get so caught up in chasing and chasing it. Okay, let me go back and take this class. Let me go back and get this certification. And I call it an ecosystem for them because they put the carrot in front of you to dangle you to get your uh, payments, to keep filtering their pockets, keeping them rich and what have you, when you can learn a thing on your own, especially now that we have this internet, Any, I, I forget how many hours it is that you study, that you master a thing, if I'm using the proper they, word. They say 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. So education is not cultivating what is in us, as the minister said. And we... we in my opinion, we suppress the God that's in us because we get so busy chasing that carrot that they not never have any intention on us getting. So the human being is created to be the Khalifa. The human is the successor of God. So if we are created in God's image and his likeness, chasing that education, we can't even see him or believe that we are, ye are all God's children of the Most High. Just like we, when we are born, as the minister pointed out to us, I forget what lecture it is, but he tells us that babies look to uh, mama as the God. They cry whatever, 
when we are taking care of the children, infants, we give them what they need. Just as when we get older, trusting, believing, studying, making Allah sufficient, that energy. But what are we feeding our subconscious? What are we feeding our subconscious, as Brother Ben had mentioned? Chasing that carrot. It's like a mind conditioning. We get so mind conditioning. We believe that this is the right way to go. That's what our parents told us. But I could speak for myself. I was, I won't say rebellious, but I was somewhat against going to school, get an education, get a job, this and that, save up your money. I'm like, I can never get a job and save up enough money to become rich. My father used to tell me, what you doing with your money? I was working part-time in high school at Hackages, which is now Home Depot, Lowe's, and whoever else. I, just, I look at that check now, and I'm like, how could I have ever saved enough money making $100 a week? And I'm going to get rich? Like, are you serious? Or I'm going to gain some wealth? Yeah, I could have gained wealth had I been educated or educated myself on knowing what to do with my dollar. I wasn't a blink blink person, but my parents did bring me up to have nice things. I'd rather get quality than to just keep buying something over and over again. And I don't like that. I never like shops, but nevertheless, same focus on this. Those proficient in mathematics, science, and engineering are the builders. Correct me if I'm wrong. The minister stated that it was per the honorable Elijah Muhammad. It made me think back to when I was in school and you take these, um, what they call those tests we take in school? Them yearly tests every year you go to school. I forgot the test name. Standardized testing. And as I remember back, and even for myself, I was always strong in science and math. I really didn't like reading it when it was born, but I saw my way through it. And as I looked at my children, they were strong in science and math, but they didn't do well in histories and the studies that required you to read. So with that, we are the builders. Who is this world? How was it? Who built 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Who built 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? We did. They brought us over here to do what? Build their heaven and earth. We are the builders. But do we believe it? Mm, yes, do I believe it? Do we believe that? But we get so indoctrinated in all of this so-called reality TV. I don't give a rat behind about what's going on in data life, will life. I don't know them. They don't know me. And then we have so many comments to throw out to them. But what about the comments for us? What are we doing? They have the resources that could, you know, do some of what we're talking about, but they're controlled by the people who control the banks. Hollywood, the music industry. And I always used to think when I was little, man, they making all this money. Why they can't help the dang on community? Got, like, about Got about 30 seconds to close. Yes, sir. So let us start digging in this ourselves as we continue in this power goal. Assalamualaikum. Well, salam. We got to close out at 9.55 today, family. So uh, keep yourselves on a little small time limit. Let's go to Sister Sister uh, Farrah. Am I saying that right? 
Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Balik salam. Um, so I want to comment on when he spoke on um, other countries keeping um, their women from getting an education. He said, if you don't get, um, if you don't have an educated woman, you don't have an educated people. It made me think how, you know, the woman, she's the mother of civilization. She's the first teacher. So um, if you're keeping her from an education, she doesn't have the proper knowledge to educate her children, um, which are the future of the uh, nation. Um, if the woman is sick um, and doesn't have the knowledge of, you know, how to prepare uh, her food properly, properly, you know, what is she producing? She's producing a sick people. Um, she's our first nurturer. So those that didn't receive love from the mother um, growing up maybe uh, became, they become cold hearted because they didn't get a chance to learn how to love. Uh, for example, Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial, serial killer, for example, was neglected as a child by his mother. I believe he was um, he was abandoned. So he uh, he craved that love that he didn't receive from her and his victims. He he would murder them because he didn't want them to leave. <laughs> um, he he um, I believe he said he uh, kept their body parts so that they would always be with him. <laughs> Sound crazy, but there's, there's something about the love of a mother. And it's very powerful. And he was really craving or seeking that love that he didn't receive from his mother subconsciously. All right. Assalamualaikum. Walaik salam. Yes, ma'am. Let's go to Brother Wesley. Assalamualaikum, family. Um, powerful message. What stood out for me uh, was when, they met, when uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, excuse me, when the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was speaking on that he has a superior teacher in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the way that he's able to teach us um, as well. So he's bearing witness to these teachings and how important and relevant it is to today. Um, and then what he also brought out about what are we feeding on? So the sister brought out as well, the food. And then we also think about the education, but then also he brought out about the music and he talked about um, how we're consuming it. And me personally, I've been personally experimenting, understanding how algorithms work. So like YouTube, the more that I'm looking at lectures from the minister, when I open up YouTube, that's the first thing that comes up. So you can really kind of understand what is going on with your mind because it's feeding you whatever you're feeding yourself. So if you're constantly looking at things that really have no substance to it, you're going to constantly be fed that because, of course, these apps are trying to keep you on the particular app as well. So if you are striving to improve your mind, you would just need to make sure you focus on what is actually of substance and you'll be able to kind of alter that algorithm to what you needed to do as well. So just keeping in mind what we're feeding on and understanding that the enemy is always at work. So we have to be constantly at work, putting things in, in a way so that we don't be consumed by the enemy and we're consuming things that are righteous. Assalamualaikum. Man, that's a great point. And that made me think about, I think we have an algorithm in our life, the same way you on TikTok and you may see, oh man, I didn't, I don't even follow this person, but I like this type of content uh, because it's based on what you're viewing. It's based on what you're giving your time to, your thoughts to. So maybe that is a reflection of what takes place in our own life. 
what we're thinking about, we attract it. What we think about, uh, those actions start to play out in our lives. Uh, I think Brother Nuri said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that our life is a reflection of our mind. Everything that we see is a reflection of the sum total of our thoughts and the thoughts that we are um, acting on. So if we start to think better, we start to see things differently. So instead of us having this woe is me type of mentality, we change our mindset and see that maybe opportunities was always around me. But because I think a certain way, I can't even notice the opportunities. It's almost like when you get a new car. I don't know if y'all ever got a new car lately or, you know, if y'all can remember, I don't know how many y'all got, how many cars y'all don't have. But every time I get a new car, just over time from college or high school up into now, it's like I start to see the car more and more. Like, it's like, wow, I didn't notice that many people had the car. It's not that these cars just appeared per se. It's just that you never noticed them because it was like out of sight, out of mind. Um, and so now that it is consciously on your mind, you begin to see things. But imagine how much, how many other things are already present in your life. Imagine all of the tools that are already present in your life. Imagine some of the solutions that are already present in our life, but because the way that we think, we just don't see them. Imagine those times when you got your keys literally in your hand, but you're walking around looking for your keys because you're not thinking about the keys being in your hand. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Looking for my phone and the phone is literally in my left hand and I'm sitting here looking for my phone. What is that about the mind? Like, yeah, those are certain accidents, but that's something deeper that we need to look into and actually think about our life. Look at the person that we may be, may be with. Look at our business partnership that we may have. Imagine if we just thought differently what's already present in our lives already. So that's what I'm going to, uh, that's how I'm going to end with. Um, somebody said how many? Punch buggies, do you notice? <laughs> but yeah, man, that's real, man. That's 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 a real that's a real thing, man. A lot of us have not fully tapped into our um our full potential. And if it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If we believe that to be true, if we believe that to be true, um, then why we focus on everything else besides changing our mind? Why do we minimize a word which changes our mind? It's not the money. Money is a byproduct of something, but getting more money will not solve my money problem because my thought process and the way that I think and my behavior is what got me in this position probably in the first place. So you're giving me 10,000 more money, uh, 10,000 more dollars, and I already mentally didn't even know how to manage 5,000. I'm just going to be mismanaging 15,000 now. So it's all a um, it's all a, a, a cycle, man. So thank you all for listening to this morning's power call. We'll see you guys, inshallah, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. If you guys want to join the power call community, go to www.thepowercall.com. I'm sorry, not dot com dot net, www.thepowercall.net. And I will see you guys tomorrow and part two. And then don't don't miss Thursday. 
And if you all who are inside the power call, I'm going to send you out something today, an assessment that I want you guys to fill out. Make sure you do this because Thursday we got a special guest where we're going to get some self-awareness. And this test and this assessment that we're going to take is literally going to bring you more clarity about yourself. All right. It's going to bring you more clarity about yourself. So this Thursday, we do have a special guest and Friday we got a special guest. So if you guys want to ask the special guests questions, if you want to be able to dialogue with them and get feedback, then you definitely want to be on the premium side so that you can be on a Zoom call directly with them and have that opportunity. So assalamu alaikum and I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Is Brother Ben here? Brother Ben. Now, Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.